0: So grab a beer, buckle in, and get ready to rock!
1: Sunday for a fucking colonoscopy. And guess what happened? It didn't.
0: Did you shake your
1: Pretty much. For fucking all day. It started at like 5 p.m. I started my prep and then drank this shit for 30 minutes and then shit for 4 hours and then did another dose and shit until about midnight.
0: Did you get any Sleep. Did you yourself.
1: Dude, I could have probably worn a diaper and it would have been good.
0: <laughs> Shit to bag, you motherfucker.
1: Fuck you, dude. Have you ever done a colonoscopy?
0: I do it weekly, motherfucker. Whoa! Oh, You're wow. a man then. I just like it clean back there.
1: You like the pipes clean? Why? What's going on back there?
0: Uh, I gotta go
1: take a shake. This motherfucker, every fucking time. So, anyway, long story short, I get up Monday morning. After about four hours sleep, I'm talking to this new girl. She's fucking amazing, by the way. And she's like, go to bed. And she actually met me at the hospital. So I get to the hospital. I go back. She and I are like talking and stuff. And they're like, all right, Ragman, it's your time. Come on back. We're about to roto-rooter your ass. I'm like, all right. So I get in the bed, get undressed. The lady's like, hey, I want everything off but your socks. I was like, do I got to wear a gown? She goes... It's up to you, sir. I was like, "Oh, no one needs to see my little dick, so I'm going to go ahead and put the gown on. It's all good. So I get to bed and then they, they strap me up, start doing these uh, fucking tests, like uh, blood pressure, and and they're like, "Hey, you okay over there." I was like, Come on. my heart starts beating. You know, I don't know if you guys ever get this. I almost thought it was like this like panic attack type thing, and I'm like, "Fuck, uh, I'm fine." They're like your fucking blood pressure's off the charts. We're gonna do an AKG. So uh, they come in to do the AKG. The doctor comes in and he goes, "Hey man, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna look up your ass today." I was like, "What? Excuse me?" He goes, "No, we we can't sedate you because your blood pressure's up and your fucking heart's going crazy." It's like, dude, I just I don't like doctors. And I don't like stuff up my ass. He's like, "I don't care." Sorry, my apologies. But you're gonna do this again whenever we get this other shit figured out. So that's my Monday. Welcome to the Ragman Show. Today we have a great show for you. We have a return guest, we have a new guest. We have my friend Shane coming back, new Magnolia Brewing Company. And we got Jake. He works here as well. But Shane kinda owns the place, so he's kind of the big cheese, the big dog. So Guys, welcome to the Ragman Show.
2: Right on. Thanks for having us over. Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: Well, we are in the New Magnolia Brewing uh, tap room. We're all three. I don't know if we're all having the same beer or not, Well, we'll discuss that here in a bit. But anyway, I wanted to bring Shane back on because Shane's just really good, very knowledgeable about the beer scene in Houston, and just a great dude in general, and Jake's an awesome dude as well. We've done some beer tastings, and this is going to be a lot of fun today. So I wanted to kind of start the show on a beer note, since we are talking beer. And in Houston, and I'm not sure if this is uh, widespread within the United States with all the craft breweries uh, popping up all over the place. You go to a city, there's like one, and then you go back a month later, there's five or six. So in Houston, we have so many craft breweries here, now they're starting to disappear. And it's not really consolidation stuff, it's just, I guess, poor management And getting in financial trouble. So, actually, I think Shane called this on the last show that he came on saying, hey, you know, in the next six months, you're probably going to see three breweries closing down. He was spot on. (laughs) So, Shane, what do you think? I mean, is it still saturated or is there more to
3: come? It's not that it's saturated. Uh, There's plenty of support for craft beer in the Houston, Texas market, it's really more a function of the styles of beer, the location of the breweries and their consumer base and a lot of the hype around certain types of beers that are no longer getting the fanfare that they were two, three, four, five years ago. And it's just an overall uh, economic shift in everybody's spending patterns. And nobody wants to spend 10, 12 bucks on a eight or 10 ounce pour of a super double dry hop, double hazy IPA. Um, that they'll um, either like or not like. And it's just, once you've had it, you've had it. You don't need to keep going back to it. And so I think there's just one too many uh, factors out there right now that are causing a lot of these uh, breweries to really struggle. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's just a changing, it's, it's kind of like the pruning of, of the tree. It happens every so often. It's a necessary evil, um, but it does happen. What's well, kind of interesting
1: and we talk music on the show as well and you see that in music but I would say the music industry it gets a bit saturated and you get a lot of bands doing the same thing and they're not all as good or they're just replicating one band so the beer industry sounds like it's similar to that but I think here there's identity crisis I think you mentioned that before where guys can't settle on maybe a core lineup if they want to experiment a little bit great but if they can't really figure out what they're doing and as well as brewers just there's like a revolving door for a lot of brewers in a lot of these breweries as well
3: yeah yeah no i mean it is an identity crisis that does always plague the industry because as a as a brewery owner you got to really figure out who your audience is what what they want and it's not always just one audience it's it's multiple audiences and where do they live and where do they consume and i always tell people we have three audiences we have a taproom audience we have a grocery segment audience and we have a bar and restaurant audience and they are three vastly different people with some overlap a lot of times breweries just don't really take that introspective look at their consumer base and try to figure out what what do we do to like just be right down the middle of the road for all of these people and then what do we do on the fringes to kind of capture those audiences that are what we would call diehard loyalists to certain styles and/or breweries and things of that nature, and so, a lot of times, that's just that's just where a certain brewery can go wrong um, in thinking that hey, what we make is for the is the forever beer for the, our consumer base, but like with everything, as we grow and we mature, our palates change and we start looking for something else because we we are just by nature tired of the same thing. I got you.
1: Well, I tell you what, I want to drink our beers before they get too hot. But before we do, gonna roll the carpet out. The red carpet is out. Who wants to pick a song before we uh, go into a beer ready? Jake, you're on the uh, carpet here, sir. All right.
0: <laughs> man, I rolled it out especially for you, man.
2: a song. I would have to say coming out of the kind of winter doldrums. There's a great album by one of my favorite bands Thrice that's always sort of my sort of winter jam so i would say the i would say the wailer from one of the alchemy indexes by thrice that's pretty much on repeat right now for me so it's it's a classic sort of sad boy emo meets like kind of like edgy post hardcore it's you know prime sort of 18-year-old me realizing that I'm not too different than 31-year-old me, so it's always nice to realize you're just the same piece of shit, you know?
0: I <laughs> uh, so uh, a quick question. <laughs> so, uh, you're like an 18-year-old boy right now uh, and he's still, you know, wet the bed or <laughs> wake up with a wet dream. and your mom to clean sheets. Yeah, something
2: like that, yeah. <laughs>
1: John, fuck. Shane, thank you for letting me wire up the control button. He's in the refrigerator. Maybe I hope that was him shivering because he's cold. That was just fucking creeping me out. Let's play some Thrice. Let's do it. So, we're all thirsty, we all have a beer. So, Mr. J. said we are at new Magnolia Brewing Company and I'm gonna say what I have I had the dry hop Kolsch. Shane what do you have?
3: Yeah I grabbed it too. Uh, nice. It's just what we're jamming on right now.
1: Okay and Jay?
2: Yeah I've got just the classic heights light lager so I think it's weird cuz it's still kind of winter but it's like 75 so <laughs> yeah, no for shit. me if it's above 75 I have a heights light that's just kind of tradition for me so.
1: Nice. So Shane, tell me about the Dry Hop Kolsch. We're both having that. And then we'll uh, get Jake to rate the uh, price high light.
3: Yeah, Dry Hop Kolsch. Uh, traditional German um, Kolsch uh, that we uh, decided many moons ago to dry hop with mosaic post-fermentation. Uh, it's a fantastic 4% beer. It took uh, silver yet last year in 23 at awesome. the U.S. Beer Champion Open. Ship, uh, open. U.S. Beer Oh, championship open yeah I think that's the way it sounds anyway in the session beer for being super sessionable which is perfect because it's what we like to drink on it's easy to drink Uh, it's got big floral um, and citrusy nose and flavor profile Uh, the dry hop aspect really does impart a lot of flavor in the beer which it's traditionally not supposed to but that's because of biotransformation which we could nerd out on at another point in time totally
1: well, i got to say, uh, this has been my go-to here for a bit now. Uh, I've kind of dialed back on some of the hazies. I love the hazies, but trying to watch some more of the, I guess, uh, ABD in my beers. And as well as, you know, I'll ask you this real quick before we rate the beer. I find if I drink a lot of, like, hazy IPAs, it cleans me out almost like a prep for a colonoscopy. I'm <laughs> shitting my brains out the next day. Do you know why, what that is that makes, cleans you out? What in the beer characteristics?
3: Well, I, I, I think if you're drinking Houston beers with breweries that don't uh, use a reverse osmosis water processing system, uh, you're probably just drinking a really high-chlorinated beer that's, that's got a ton of hops in it, which are al- alpha-acid-based hops, um, and it, they uh, just do a number on your biology. And so your, your liver and your pancreas just say... Fuck this, out it goes, and uh, it's, yeah, it's probably mostly chlorine issues and or um, some breweries use lactose and weird shit that they shouldn't use in IPAs, and so that's also possible.
1: Huh, It's like I'm shitting in orange the next morning. It's (laughs) fucking crazy. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, let's look at this thing. Uh, Gotta say, uh, it's kind of hazy. Uh, there's some lacing on the glass, soapy lacing. It's just kind of sticking up there. Really nice. Uh, really, on the appearance, I'm going to give it a four. I'm not just telling you. I, I drink a lot of this. I love this. I mean, are, let me are, before we go further, are Kolsch's generally more hazy or more clear?
3: No, they're clear. They're crystal clear. Okay. In two weeks, come back and uh, talk about this beer again. It'll be crystal clear. Gotcha. We literally just kegged it um, this week. Okay. So okay. there is, there is uh, it's called the Chill Haze, mm-hmm. and that's what you're seeing right now in the beer. Uh, the Chill Haze will fall out uh, in the next few days. Nice. Yeah.
1: All right, let's go with the Roma.
3: Uh, I mean, you're getting, like, citrus notes yeah, yeah. off of that. Like a, a twinge of, like, piney, citrusy um, characters. Um, all right, what do you think, Jay? Yeah, I
2: mean, this one I talk about a lot because this is probably one of my favorite beers that we have and it's like the most flavor in a in a 4% beer I think I've ever seen and for me it's mostly like sort of overripe melon sort of like light honey things like that things that you would usually see in like a 6 7 yep. 8% like really heavy IPA so the fact that you can pick that up on a beer that's 4% and not an IPA I think Stands for itself, you know.
1: Nice. Well, I try, the real test is trying this bad boy. Cheers. Cheers, everybody.
4: Cheers. cheers,
1: cheers. Give me. The thing I love about this one is you get that good dose of citrus. Right as it comes off the uh, beginning of the taste. And then you get a little bitterness on the end, just
3: a hair, not much. Just enough hops that dry it out, it makes you want to come back to it. I mean, that's really what a nice, dry, hoppy beer is supposed to do, is make you want to come back and drink it again. Yes. Yep. And so this beer delivers on all of that. Nice. John hit
1: the horns. Yes, sir. All right, Jake, you're on the hot seat. You got your light, Heights Light Lager all by yourself, all yes, by sir. your lonesome. I've had it before, I do enjoy that beer a lot too. Again, lowering ABB. Uh, I'll, I'll go with that, or I'll go with the Pills, or I'll go with the Kolsch. And i got to say, and again, not just because Shane's here, uh, and you, Jake, as well, is I think, and I say this to a lot of people, I think New Magnolia Brewing Company has some of the cleanest beer in Houston. It's yeah. really c- clean and pure, and it's solid every time. Uh, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't love every style up there, but the ones I get and I love I love a lot and I that's why I'm coming all the time so yeah and
2: that's one of the things that I think stands out about this beer in, part, like, in particular is just that like in when you're drinking beer in Houston a lot right yeah. beer tends to warm up quickly yeah and a lot of times that beer changes right cuz that's when all that stuff that's in the not so good water that some people filter more, some people don't do that at all, but sort of ultimately the thing that impresses me most about this this beer being sort of the lightest beer that we have, which would ultimately show the most Im, I guess impurity is that the beer does not change. It may be a little bit warmer, but it will be the same exact beer, so the fact that I can have the same beer over the course of, like, half an hour when it's, like, 80% humidity and 95 freaking degrees, like, to me, it's kind of the perfect beer.
1: Nice.
0: Hey, Jake.
1: John, why did you have a thing for Jake? What's going on?
0: I just have questions, Mark, sure May yeah. I continue?
1: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
0: So you mentioned, uh, humidity. When you say the glass, it's like you're a girl running on a hot summer day and her panties get extra wet from sweat. Just just asking a question for a friend.
1: I don't
4: if, if you don't
1: you can decline to answer that.
4: <laughs> I'm having you a hard rent. time yeah. I'm
2: kinda having a hard time interpreting this stuff spewing out of my friend's mouth over here, so I'm just going to do like I do when someone has eight heights lights and tries to explain to me why their various conspiracy theories are true. I'm just going to nod, smile, and say, exactly, totally.
1: Yep. All, all right. You got it, you know? Right, on that note, let's play a song. Uh, there's a band I just discovered here recently. They're called Mother Mother, and this song's called Normalize, and it's kind of a punky girl thing. And Man, it's really solid. I really oh, dig wow. it. And at the very end, which unfortunately we can't play, there's some really cool like deep shit going on with like intense keyboards and shit. So check out some Mother Mother. I mean, you're pretty involved in the beer scene here, Jake. And, you know, we did that beer tasting a while back. You know, what are your thoughts on, you know, and we kind of touched on this in the last segment, about uh, different beers phasing out mm. and new beers coming in. And it's, it's like a two-parter, collaborations, yeah. experiments, and stuff like that. So in chains back, as far as beers phasing out, Shane called that Hazy's may be on the out and not as widespread. And he was spot on. And you're seeing more clear West Coast type IPAs. Right. Which I'm not sure how long they're going to last now. So what do you, I I guess, both of you, what, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I definitely agree on the IPA note. I think for me, you know, especially with some of, the people that have been closing up shop is like a lot of those really sort of heavily fruited beers, like beers where it's kind of like, you know, is it a beer? Is it Jamba Juice? You know, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes. And so I think people are really sort of realizing that like I've had it. It's great. And a lot of those, a lot of those are actually super cool beers to try. Yeah. But it that's the key word is to try right Right, because I usually want to have three to four ounces and I'm pretty much done right I want to go back to something like a lager or something that I can have maybe one or two so I think probably that super like heavily fruited smoothie beers I'm seeing a lot of people sort of starting to either switch away from that or just honestly if they're sticking to that they're they're just not really doing super well
1: I got you and that's interesting. So I I'm started dating somebody, and she likes beer, but she doesn't know a lot of crap beer. So I'm like, we were at Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh nice, familiar. Yeah, I love that place. I, I was lucky enough to get a La a La Jolla from Great Heights over there. Yeah. And I'm like thinking, where can I take this girl? I'm like shit. Urban South is just right here. Right. And she's never seen crazy colorful beers and all that. It's, right. We go in there. It's a Saturday night, mind you, about 8:30. We were the only two in there, except for the beer tender, basically. And we got the beers out, and you know, one's orange, one's red, and and she's like, "Are you? Are you? Is this beer? This tastes like mango soda. This tastes like berry soda. And then we had a peach one that sucked. And then we, I got an IPA with some Sabro, but I didn't taste the Sabro. Um, But it was sad to me to see, holy shit, they're next. And I think part of it, and somebody told me this other day, I don't know if it's you, Shane, about there's these apartment complexes and now they have no parking. So there's a strip center with a cidery, the brewery, they had some other businesses. I think they're already starting to close down. They're in a shitty location, kind of like you mentioned a bit ago, Shane. So are they next? I mean, I don't know if you want to say that, but my thoughts are, Potentially.
3: I mean, when you, when you, the writing on the wall says that they are facing a lot of headwind um, because they lost a large portion of their parking uh, to the apartment complex that was built there. Um, People, when they want to, when they go to a brewery, just like when they go to a restaurant, if they can't find a spot, they just go to the next one because there's options. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I think that's one of the things that they're facing. They can't, they're trying to get people onto their light beers and their pilsners and lagers which they do a good job but unfortunately their base is all hazy crazy people that love that style Um, and so they've all had them all and there's only so many ways you can take the same beer and just reinvent it with another box of cereal yeah it just doesn't work long term and I think the consumers are tired of paying the prices that they want for too little volume of beer and so they're just moving down and over to this clean product clean beer that a lot of good breweries in Houston can make, and uh, you don't get sick or feel gross the next day after drinking two or three of them. Well, this is a fucked up thing, is, so I was on the date,
1: and the girl's like, I want to buy you a baby beer. So she's like, okay, I'm going to pay for this flight. Fucking $20. And one of the beers was so bad, we couldn't even drink it.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of our friends that is in the industry that was there for a little while, he's like, yeah, it's a flight bar. I mean, a flight brewery. People come in, they have a flight, and they leave. Yeah. Because they've just spent $20 for 16 ounces. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you think that's what's drag- driving people off is the excessive pricing, or they're like taking advantage because this is all people are here for?
3: Uh, I, th- I think pricing definitely has something to do with it, but I also think it's just that when you, when you hang your, your hat on one style of beer that has kind of had its day, it's still popular, but it's had its day. You you don't have the audience anymore. And you, it, to take that entire audience and, and direct them in a new to a new style of beer that you want to be known for, like their Paradise Park is really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: an and awesome they're beer. trying
3: to sell it all over Houston because they want people to know like they can make clean beer. But mm-hmm. guess what? You trained everybody to know that all you make are fruit smoothie beers and yeah. that's what you're stuck with. It's no different than Spindle Tap who is a Hazy IPA brewery. Yeah. yeah. But with the amount of money you got to charge for a hazy, you can only get one, maybe two out of somebody. Whereas if you're just going with good, clean, easy drinking beer, they're okay sitting around having a good time and having three or four or more, um, and not feeling like garbage after they've consumed all that calorie, all those calories and hops yeah. and whatever else might go into them. Gotcha. Well, I tell you what, Shane.
1: Let's play a song. Uh, Once you pick something, and then let's jump into some music talk.
3: Uh, well, my song selections are not, ever, not even as close as, or as cool as Jake's. <laughs> uh, I'm still like jamming on stuff in the 70s and 80s. Um, I uh, I was thinking about this earlier. Oh, The Moon Age Daydream by Bowie. Oh, that's oh awesome. nice. Yeah, <laughs> classic song. Only because my kids are playing it on guitar. Oh, sweet. And okay, so that's Yeah, got you a great, That's got a great guitar. Full circle, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. Alright, some David Bowie. I'm an
4: alligator, I'm a mama papa coming for you, I'm a space invader, I'll be a rock and rolling bitch for you, keep your mouth shut.
1: I guess uh, following the music aspect and keeping it beer centric um today we're in the brewery they're playing jazz so your beer <laughs> tenders, do they handle the music when they come in and basically play what they want to play or do you say hey guys we can only do this i'm sure you don't want extreme death metal playing in
3: here but no i mean it's it's kind of like first come first serve uh if if uh If John is doing Gregorian chant, monk chant, we will change it. Um, Or if he's doing like classic, we'll let it roll for a little while. But today, this just is a good way to start. Um, I'm sure it'll progress into some kind of bluegrass or some other um, newer age music. Uh, But it's just dealer's choice. Oh, nice, yeah. nice.
1: So you don't put any limits on what a guy plays with, with exception of John.
3: No, I mean, there is, well, yeah, with exception of John. Uh, because we don't want to go to sleep while we're working. Uh, we, well, I mean, if there are kids running around here, I'm definitely not listening to, listening to like, death metal or death punk or anything of that nature. We're going to tone it down a little bit and make it keep our family-friendly kind of image alive. Um, because every time you hear... Like a good good rap song with a lot of explicit[s]. All the kids stop doing what they're doing, and they kind of like you, their ear points to the roof. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, root. mommy, fuck, fuck yeah, fuck, 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 yeah. Fuck. yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, next thing you know, the, the parents are looking at us like, "What the fucking music? Going? Off? What are yeah, you yeah, doing? Yeah. My kid, you're killing my kid." <laughs> Why well, I
1: found something interesting. So with your pick, I'm, I love Bowie, and I was really bummed out. Uh, I don't know if you know who Peter Murphy is. Mm-hmm. So Peter Murphy and Adrian Balloon that used to play with Bowie, they were doing a tribute in November, just doing all Bowie stuff. I'm like, dude, Peter Murphy could have fucking knocked that out of the park.
3: Holy shit. But yeah. apparently
1: they are, they canceled and apparently uh, Murphy's got some a lot of drug problems oh, and oh, stuff gosh. like that. So it was a shame. But the, the point I want to bring up is it sounds like you're getting influenced by your children in what they're playing more than just sticking to stick into your guns and what you I mean you you come up with that
3: right but I mean it's it's all it's more like they're just reminding me of it um, because it's so hard for like so I have a, two kids that play good, uh, electric and acoustic and um, piano um, and then a son that can play the drums he chooses not to but he's really good at it um, and so they have these songs that they're learning to play and and my, my youngest, he wants to play like these Van Halen licks and all these classic um, oh, nice. AC-DC and Rush and all this other stuff and and Metallica. He just loves those old like really heavy hitting guitar solos. My daughter is really like in the bass stuff and then she'll get into like the more highly attuned, like cleaner um, rhythm kind of guitar. Yeah. Like she likes to play. And so we're always like, okay, what do we, what like, what would be a good one? So we're always like searching for something for them to play, oh, nice. to learn, and uh, that that really just like helps us like revisit a lot from the past because the music today, like the kids can't play along to the music today. It's just not yeah. real music. It's it's just all made up. It's all board made music, right? As opposed to like back in the day when you had to be on stage and put your instruments together and how to sound good. Sure, sure. I agree. Yeah, and so uh, I, it's not that I'm like I, I'm kind of like the most fluid mu- music appreciator out there. I don't know all the names I don't know all the latest and greatest and all the cool stuff. I don't know the deep, deep, heavy, like hard to find. Uh, I just, I would, I would, I would I always thoroughly enjoy it. I, I would always listen to it. I just don't seek it out. Like gotcha. Jake seeks this kind of like the music that like what thrice I've heard mm-hmm. of him but I've never like Sat down and been like, I'm gonna listen to him.
4: Yeah, right.
3: You know, and there are just people who go down those wormholes and those uh, rabbit holes, and I, I just, I, not that I don't want to, I just don't have the time to.
1: I oh, got Well, Jake, I want to ask you because uh, you mentioned thrice mm-hmm. in seasons. So I don't know if you pick. I have a band. I listen to Killing Joke okay. when it gets like kind of Octobery. It's kind of do me out, and I have this right. one recording It actually blends all the way through December, and then. The beginning, of the, uh, you know, January, whatever. I don't listen to it until right, the right. following year. So, as far as your musical background mm-hmm. and what you're into, are it sounds like you're into like newer stuff. I don't know if you you're younger than both of us, but you know, kind of what's your background and what are you listening to now other than Thrice? Sure. Because of the season.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's a super good question because I think it does depend a lot on good. sort of seasons, but also like mood, you know, things like that. So I think for me, um, sort of being, being raised in sort of a very sort of Southern conservative home. Right. I grew up on a lot of like Christian bluegrass and things like that, which a lot of those bluegrass roots I still have, but also I started to realize how much I love heavy shit. Right. And I was just like, so I started to kind of blend those two, and, and it's it's interesting because I feel like seasonal, you know, when you think about seasons, it's like, yeah, you would think I would get into more sort of heavier stuff when it starts to really get colder and things like that. But for some reason, and maybe it's because I go hunting in the wintertime, but I feel like I turn into like a hick. In like, <laughs> And it's like... Christmas time, you should be listening to Christmas music, but I'm listening to some like backwoods bluegrass oh, wow. stuff that's okay. just awesome. So honestly, man, like I would say my two most popular genres are metal and bluegrass, which is you think about it pretty different on the surface, but musically, they're actually almost the same. So oh, wow. I would say I'm sort of rotating back between those two and i it's really kind of cool because bluegrass is so old, metal is kind of new-ish, but like, I, s- you know, it's like the, p- the people I play bluegrass with are all like 60 plus. The people I play the other stuff with are all like 18, you know, so it's like I get to see sort of both ends of that musical spectrum, if you will. Hey, Jay. Yeah, what's up, John?
0: Uh, I'm starting to see a theme with you, and eighteen-year-old.
2: <laughs> yeah, I should probably live away from that theme. <laughs> no, it's a problem if, it,
4: if
3: it, No, no, hold on. He can get away with it, not us. No, no, man. No. I mean, if, if I if I went into that end of the pool, I would get murdered. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, I would too. I would too. Not a good attack. thing for. Yeah, talk <laughs> awesome. about your heart rate going up. <laughs> no shit. you be dead in the bed. <laughs> no, shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Fair enough. Well, I tell you what. Let's play something. You want to play some Bluegrass?
2: Yeah, so I've really been jamming along to Billy Strings. He's sort of this like musical savant guy that actually grew up playing thrash and death metal.
1: No fucking way. He's got ripped
2: out giant ass gauges, Uh and he's up there shredding with some bluegrass legends. So he's super cool. Um, I would say just a classic hit that I like to play on my own Dust in the baggie. So let's let that one rip, man.
1: Let's do it. I
4: ain't slept in seven days, heaven, eighty and three. I mean, it has got a damn bad hold of me. My tweaker friends have got me to the point of no return. I just took the ladder to the bulb and watched it burn. It's about the same, has got me. In. Got me in. Well, it's got me back in prison.
3: So I saw Billy Strings. Oh, really? At that place downtown, that's just north of downtown, a little, like, outside venue. White oh, Oak? Little, yeah, yeah, White Oak. Not, no, no, not White Oak. Oh. One north of um, where Faded Decade is, right there on that block. Oh, uh, man. It's like the, some outdoor patio bar.
1: Oh, really? A, so a smaller
3: venue. Very small. I mean, we really, really wow. paid 15 bucks for the tickets. To so get, this must man. have been, like, a while ago. This was uh, before COVID. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my brother-in-law was like, hey, I'm going to go see this guy. He's, like, one of the best. And I was like, whatever. I just want a night out. So we went, and I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" Like I saw this guy for fifteen dollars, and now he's in the now he's got like a spot in the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. Oh shit! Wow. Selling out stadiums. Holy shit! Crazy man. That's awesome. I bought one of his hats. I'm like, I gotta take something away from this. I have a Billy Strings hat from that con that show that I never wear. I'm just hanging onto it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, speaking of shows, I'm about
1: to see one. I'm gonna see. Uh, Extreme, if you guys know oh, them. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna see well, them see. Uh, a week from Saturday with my brother in Dallas. So, i tell you what, let's play some new Extreme. This one's called Rebel. you got a show coming your way, or you just kind of, whenever you can figure out something, you, you got the kids and the family and...
3: Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to go see um, Mac Saturn, which is this new uh, band coming out of um, uh, the North uh, Detroit. And it's like, we saw them by chance because they opened up for uh, a show that my daughter and I went to with some other friends a few months back. And they fucking killed it. Uh, oh, wow. And they sound like uh, Aerosmith. Oh, wow. From the 70s, but with a lot of modern touches and feels. Oh, wow. Uh, and the, 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 the band members are all very charismatic on stage. So we're going to see them at the House of Blues in their small, private Oh, area. the Peacock Room. Yeah, the Peacock oh, Room. That's a yeah, they nice. called Big Wreck there. Yeah. That's th- A awesome. really good, intimate spot for a show. Yeah, so we're going to see that. I'm, my, I took, I'm taking my, my, my two kids, my daughter and my son, who play the guitar, to see this band, Max Saturn.
0: Hey, okay. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, is there
3: room for one more? <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Keep this guy out of here. It's cool, you got
3: you, you to wear a straight jacket.
0: <laughs> are jocks accepted? I
3: mean, I wear socks and uh, mountain boots. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not. It's in the not an SNM sh- show. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to my first S N M show in Houston twenty <laughs> years oh, wow. ago. Good call. <laughs> oh,
0: this is getting interesting. Hold on, I need a cigarette.
3: <laughs> you don't mean you don't want to go to the bathroom and take your shit again? <laughs> quote, quote. <Yeah, I, laughs> uh, if if. Hold
1: on, I got a headset. Yes, <laughs> hey dude, whatever stall that is, make sure. Yeah. You, yeah, you know what he did in your cooler last time.
3: Well, that's why the floors are still sticky. <laughs> <laughs> I thought somebody spilled a beer in there. I <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Joe.
1: We have to play some Max Saturn. Do you have a song off the top of your head? So if not,
3: still brand new to me. All so right, I let's d- just I could, play something. Yeah, find a good song from Max Saturn. These guys are blowing up. I, my daughter and I think they're going to be the next biggest thing in in the U.S. here in the next year or so. Oh, nice! Let's check yeah. them out.
1: about I mean to stay on a band topic how do you pick so Friday nights you typically have an artist in here whether it be an acoustic guy I think I was in here last weekend or no last Friday and you had a little band playing it was like an older guy and maybe his sons
3: or no those are those are uh, so it is an older guy um, and he he plays with these three guys who are like 20-somethings I don't even know if two of them were 21 and up Um, but he's trying to help them grow as a band and kind of get their own thing going on. And uh, what, what, what was that called? Um, he was They're just super charismatic. Yeah, it was kind of like
2: Southern kind of blues. Yeah, they pretty rock, good. Soul Kind of rock, like Stevie yeah. Ray Vaughan sort of vibe, yeah. you know?
3: They're really cool. Uh, how do we pick them? Uh, he came to me, popped in, and he was like, hey, we want to come in and play. Um, we were just looking for venues around the Heights and around town, and I was like, sure, let's let's do it um, And he brought a crowd and it sounded great and we had a lot of fun with it. Um, but generally speaking like um, I work with I just Have people like Jake who knows everybody's Jake's a musician So mm-hmm. he he knows people in the scene and Scott Benton knows people in the scene and I really have been trying to focus on like small bluegrassy kind of folky um Uh, classic rock sounds because it just really fits the the space and the vibe here. So no real selection process. It's just kind of like letting the good people find us and and their good people keep being recommended to us and that's basically how it's word of mouth. Oh, nice. Nice. No,
1: um, I was with my friend Alex here. He plays in kind of a Southern Fried Rock band and they they play at Shady Acres quite a bit. And Mark and I, when Mark was in town, he was like, Holy shit, they're good. But it was fucking freezing outside. Oh yeah. And we had to come inside because it was so fucking cold. And Alex is like, dude, I had my hands I was sitting my hands between songs. It was freezing so much. Yeah. And we wanted to support, but
3: uh. That's tough. I mean, I feel for those 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 guys playing out in the cold weather like that, good for them. That's always my fear when it's cold out, is like oh, what kinda of audience are we gonna get? Yeah. The night yeah. shot. So Yeah. Well, wait,
1: wait. Let's let's go back to beer. Um, I mentioned a question. I think we we got off subject a little bit. But do you see another beer maybe phasing out, another style, and another one coming in? And then, what is your thought on doing collaborations with other breweries?
3: Uh, phase phasing in, phasing out. I don't know that it's like a. More, I don't. I think it's more of like a rotation that we that happens in the craft beer scene, and if you're attuned to the rotation, like we are as as brewers and operators, um, you get just kind of used to the movement of of what people are drinking. Like when it's, I mean, as soon as like October hits, it's like Oktoberfest. Oh, it's in September. Everybody's like September Oktoberfest, and then Oktoberfest come and go. But as soon as uh, November first starts. Oktoberfest beers look like poison in the eyes of every consumer, even though they're perfectly fine. They're all great beers. It's just they can't touch them anymore because the expiration date says October, fest, yeah, yeah. right? Um, like we have a we've had a massive run on like Hazy's and um, like our hazy WYSIWYG wig, and then Redwood, our West Coast. So we've we've had a massive request on that, but we're out of it, and because we're still you know working off some of the. Um, the, the bigger, bigger, darker beers that we did for the, this fall and the and the Christmas break and New Year break, um, so there's just I think it's more cyclicality. Now there are certain styles that people bitch and complain about, like the um, India, uh, the 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 cold IPA, right? Oh yeah, cold, cold IPA. IPA. Uh, it's what is a cold IPA? It's an India Pale Lager. I mean, yeah, we these were all done. Um, we did we did Midas Swell IPL India Pale Lager, um, which was basically a cold lager and a cold IPA. We did that four years ago, and everybody's like, "I don't get it. I can't sell it." And now everybody's like, "This is all we want, man. Where can yeah. find these?" Yeah, yeah. Why at? don't you have one? Yeah. Why don't you have it? And I'm like, because everybody thinks they want it. It's like brute IPAs. That was a flash in the pan. Oh yeah,
1: I remember those. Right. Yeah. They
3: were really good, kind of cool, but they just came and went. Um, it's just. Like I think that what's happening is is that you get so much Northeast and Northwest beers that are making it into Texas finally, and now the Texas consumers are like, cool, I had a Trillium, or I had a Treehouse, or I had a Floodland, or some other type of beer that somebody brought to them in Texas, And, and so they're like, well, now I want to go find that wherever I can find it, because that was really good and really unique. Um, and, but that's like, that's like, that's like the one percent of the craft beer consumer in Texas that, I mean, the problem is, and I I've been telling this to everybody for a while now that Houstonians really need to get educated on craft beer. Like Texans need to get educated on craft beer. They need to really understand like what it is to be in the craft beer scene because everybody is just like, give me the Hef, give me the IPA, give me the Hazy. Give me the brown beer and that's about as far or the light beer like they, they just know them by like color and description they don't really understand like what the complexities of those beers are and so i don't I, as a owner and as a participant in the craft beer scene we have to educate as much as we can to get the consumers caught up so they understand what it is they're drinking and why it's made that way uh You know, and and like people are always like, I don't like lagers or pilsners. I'm Mm -hmm. like, why? Because they always just taste weird. I'm like, because they were made really badly, and you just don't know that because you have no comparison point. Yeah. So you got to go find those good ones, and you got to learn why they taste that way, and then you can go appreciate what you're drinking when you're out on the road and you see a lager or a pilsner on the wall and get into it. I go because they're incredibly complicated to make, and um, you learn a lot. If you, if you know a lot, then you can learn a lot about what you're drinking. And so, I, I don't know. That's yeah. a very long-winded answer. I mean, Jake's probably got No, some I totally agree,
2: man. And it's like, I think that's exactly where my head was at. You know, because it's like, you sort of had this weird place where it's like, you have a place with some of the most rich beer history. You think about all the Czech influence, German influence, all those, like, very, very old-school beer places that where did a lot of those people move to texas yeah where is generally the most uneducated beer drinking crowd texas right so like i look at a place like live oak right i mean they they really sort of blazed the like i'm gonna make zwickle you know zwickle beers and schwartz beers and smoke Hellas and people were like you know there's no way this will freaking work. And they are one of the probably most hyped up, clear beer makers, not just in the country, in the I would say in the world, mm-hmm. um, because that's what people want. They want something clean, they want something easy, and they want something made well.
1: Yeah, I get that. And I don't drink a lot of, I think it's the uh, Yellow Rose. I don't drink a lot of their Lone Pipe beers. I think they're okay. It's kind of funny. Like I said, I just started dating somebody and she drinks beer, but she doesn't know crap beer. So I'm trying to teach her and stuff like that. So she had the Lone Pint, uh, Yellow Rose. She goes, this is pretty good. So last night we, I took her and we went to Kirby's Ice House and she had a hazy little thing. She goes, that's okay. The other one on Saturday was better. And then we had a fake landing by Bad Astronaut, which I got to say their beer's actually gotten better over time Mm -hmm. and she goes, this is good. We got pineapple notes, it's really good solid hazy. And then our last stop we had an art car, because that's all they had. And she goes, This tastes like shit. It's not good. And I was like, I agree with you hundred percent on your whole ratings of every beer we've had tonight. And you're just learning. You don't know. You haven't tried. You haven't been to New Magdalene, He hadn't been to Great Heights, you hadn't been to Equal Parts, He hadn't been to some of the best breweries in Houston. So it's fun for me to be able to educate her on that. But she's somebody, like you said, and you said doesn't know beer at all until she met a beer nerd
3: so pretty cool yeah yeah i mean to jake's point like i think right now what consumers want are clean beer full of flavor that um satisfy on all the levels that you you could ask for in a beverage it's like you know like these incredibly well-made handcrafted cocktails and you know houston has an incredible cocktail program um with Bars like Julep and Hay Merchant and other, or not Merchant anymore, but Gamble, you know, really really fantastic um, cocktail programs out there here in Houston, and craft beer is is equally there if the consumer knows where to go find it. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people don't like people come in all the time. Like we didn't even know you were here in the Heights, New Magnolia. I'm like, well, how long have you lived here? Oh, a long time. But you know, we just. We didn't know, and, and they're like, holy shit, like, now we know, and shit, you guys' beer is better than a, most, oh, yeah, if yeah, not yeah. all the breweries in Houston. Agreed. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. How, how many, but, but when they say that, I'm like, skeptical, like, cause I'm like, well, how many breweries have you been to? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'll yeah. take, I'll take the nod and, and, and thank, and be thankful for their appreciation. Well, we what we have a lot to learn.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, Jake, you're back on the hot seat. All right. Why don't you pick a song? Is there, or actually, before you pick the song, are you seeing anybody coming up here soon? If so, maybe you feature a song from them.
2: Yeah, I would say um, I'm really stoked about two shows. I'll pick one song from the first show, but okay. the show that I'm most excited for coming up in November is going to be King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard at White Oak. Wow. Um, don't know that. If you haven't heard of them, like it's one of those, like if you know... You know, and if you don't, you better fucking find out. Hey, <laughs> What's uh, up, man?
3: You do not want a date? Oh, man. <laughs> this is weird.
2: I don't know if I want a date. Actually, that's probably your scene, man. You'd probably fit right in. All uh, right.
0: Uh, no comment. We're not talking about me. We're talking about you right
2: now. <laughs> All right. Well, the other show I'm super stoked about is a much heavier show. Mm. Uh, first week of May, throwing it back to my hardcore days, uh, Knock Loose. They're going to oh, be yeah. here with oh, a few, God, they're as with fun. a yeah. few people. Yeah, they're super fun. So I'll probably show up, get a nice black eye, and it'll yeah. be an awesome time. But um, let's play "Counting Worms" by Knock Loose. That's a great song. All right, let's do
1: it. Brutal is all get out. Yeah, I my concert calendar is pretty full. My next show is actually Beartooth. Oh, if nice. If you're familiar with oh, them. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have a little pilgrimage out to White Oak on Tuesday. Or I think it's next Tuesday. No, it's after Valentine's Day, so Thursday next week. So it's going to be a really good, cool show. So Anyway, guys, um, I think we need to play one more round of music. Shane, or should we play Beartooth? Should we play some Beartooth? Beartooth mm.
2: has some good songs,
1: man. I tell you, I'll, we'll do a little Dealer's Choice from Beartooth and then Shane's Up, because we're playing our last songs of the show, people. All right, so you did your homework, you studied all night, you're, it's exam time. Uh <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not feeling very studious.
3: <laughs>
1: so, uh, do you uh, think of another song that you might want to play? Maybe kind of a reason behind you want to play it too. Or you were like, okay, what am I going to play tomorrow? And you thought, well, shit, man, I'm really into this. Or maybe you. Um gotten more into well hold on i'm gonna back up one second hit the brakes john (laughs) so you in the beginning of this talk here you mentioned 70s 80s 90s and then you mentioned when you played the first song you played some bowie because your kids were influenced which sounds like you kind of influenced them on kind of what to start jamming to so is that that's pretty much the genre you stay in. I sounds like you're open to new music because you're going to see Max Saturn. Mm-hmm. But what do you gen- What's usually on your playlist? I don't know if you do Spotify or how you listen to your music.
3: Honestly, I'm a lazy music consumer. Oh, okay. Um, I I have four buttons on the radio on my on my radio in the car, uh-huh. and that's what I flip through. One through the one through one two three and four. Um, it's just the Houston rock stations, classic, new age, whatever else. Um, and if, if it's on, it's on. Um, I'll listen to it and enjoy it. But I, I really just... I, I, would, I would love to get into it. But I just... Again, it's just finding the time yeah. to, to go down all those rabbit holes. And uh, for as much as I do, like... So, like, my thing is, like, I want to see all the musicians that started it all that are all now dying out in their 70s and 80s. Yeah. Because that's where all music... That we were going to be listening to for a very long time is going to come from, Are from you, some well, form or another. I,
1: I don't mean to interrupt. Are you going to see the Stones when they come?
3: I want to. I want okay. to. Have um, you
1: heard the new song or some of the new songs? I heard one of them.
3: Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, but it's like that's it. it does it does the, the new stuff? It's like well I don't care about the new stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. my thing about music is if I, what it sounds like on stage, if it sounds the same. On the record, that's all I know. Like, that's a that's a That's like a a, a musician for the ages, mm-hmm. right? So, um, when you walk away from a show and you're like, what a what a fantastic like sound they could still pull it off. Like even when Van Halen got together and they did a couple shows here a few years back with Sammy Hagar, or not Sammy Hagar, with um, David Lee Roth and Eddie and and uh, his brother. You know that. Like David Lee Roth was still jumping around on stage like an acrobat at whatever age he is. Yeah. Still hitting some of the notes, not all of them. He got lost in one of the songs and <laughs> yeah. they had to reel him back in. <laughs> but that was like, like cool. Like they still got it. Like that still sounds good. And I mean, I just, to me, that's like what I look for in music. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, tuned in. I'm just not as tuned in as I should be. And maybe that will come when I have more time to, yeah. to, to go down the rabbit holes. Like I always appreciate how other people like Jake and you, Ragman, are like in so in the know. But meanwhile, like if you were to say, hey, do you like this song? I would, I swear to God, I would probably know the song. Yeah. I just don't know who it is. Got gotcha. you. And I do enjoy it. Nice. Yeah. So what? I've got a large catalog in my head. Just.
1: Yeah, I just don't know who it is. Yeah, like, I don't know who it is. <laughs> I got you. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you play your last song? What, what do you got uh, so, on tap for? So you know,
3: us? this sounds really weird, but I was, um, I was, I've been going through watching all the Netflix documentaries on all these bands and what they all provided and gave to the music, the music industry at that point in time, and you know, the Beach Boys with Pet Pet Sounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like, you don't know me, like that song by that Brian Wilson put out there at that point in time, and how it had all those layers and complexities and. And harmonizing, and you know, if you sh- if you go back and you listen to those those sounds, and like even Tom Petty when when he remastered it, when he re- did one of his records, um, the um, uh, I can't remember the name of it, um, the one from the Free Falling, like mm-hmm. what he put into that, yeah, hours and weeks and months uh, for to to perfect it. It's like that level of care for what they were crafting. Is what most attracts me, and because you hear elements of that now in what everybody else is doing today, mm-hmm. if you listen close enough, because those are the foundational musicians that created entire segments and lanes for other musicians to build on and grow from, and combine and 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 and, and be successful with. And to me, that's that's what I like. I like the like where it all started. And nice. Um, that's tr- what, I, what I'm what i trying to listen to more these days and, and plus because of my kids I, I'm trying to encourage them to appreciate it nice. for, for where it all came from like right now there's this big debate if Michael Jackson had done Thriller today would it still be the number one album in the world today just like it was 40 years ago when it came out
1: I would say no just because the way the music industry is now and it's so saturated and there's no real medium for records or CDs or cassettes or anything like that like there used to be it's all a video on youtube or
3: yeah but the sounds yeah the 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 combinations the layers the the just everything that went into like that soundtrack in and of itself is so foundational for a lot of rap today a lot of r&b oh yeah yeah it was very influential yeah for sure very and i feel like just and you, I mean, just look at all these different musicians. Even Peter Gabriel and what he put into Sledgehammer. Yeah. And how that set a tone for the way music was going to be made in that style going forward as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know I'm probably, I'm just talking like, about big like macro names that are like, yo, oh, everybody like them, but... It was more I think there's more to it than that um, when you get into the, into the uh, into the fray with what those artists brought to the to, to the scene that to the to where we're at today I got you
1: I had
4: to
3: prove
4: that I could make it alone now but that's not me I wanted to show how independent I grown now but that's not me I could try to be
1: Jake it's your last song alright you've thought long and hard about it
2: yeah I think you say long and
1: hard John what the fuck dude just let him do his song oh, leave him alone
2: oh man <laughs> he listens uh,
1: sometimes. I think I think I'm gonna
2: stay I think I'm gonna stay kinda heavy here cause nice. I like um one of my favorite bands which spawned from probably my favorite metalcore band with the most epic name Texas in July
1: Oh yeah I like them They're solid
2: So their lead Vocalist Sort of Helped start this band Called Era
1: I love Era Oh they're great
2: Yeah they're freaking badass They just Dropped a new single Called Cure So let's rock that one
1: Alright guys, thank you for listening every week. I really appreciate it. I want to thank Jake and I want to thank Shane for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun. We will do it again. Don't be scared. We'll do it. But again, thank you for the support every week. Thanks for the kind comments and thanks for putting up with fucking John. We all have to, unfortunately. But before we let you go, we're going to give you three big
4: hauls